Who is he? He exists in a world beyond your world. What we only fantasize, he does. He lives a life where nothing is beyond him. He picks what he wants, when he wants. So how do I find him? You don't find him. He finds you. Good job. Senator, we have a problem. Did you know that I can buy nuclear warheads for 40 million each? Hell, I buy half a dozen and even get a discount. What do you think is going to happen if he starts tying up loose ends? My employer wants to meet you. He'll pay you just to meet you, Stan. Ever heard of Operation Swordfish? Nope. It's a sweet deal. Nine and a half billion. Do you have any idea of how much money that is? We're going over the phone lines, pop the firewall, sit back, wait for the money. So what we need from you, Stanley, is a worm. Marco, let's give him some incentive. Hey, what are you doing? I have been told that the best crackers in the world can do this in 60 minutes. Unfortunately, I need someone who can do it in 60 seconds. You're kidding. Go! 45 seconds. You're gonna get these people killed! Plenty. Who are you? I'm not what you think I am. More time, more time. Come on, Stan. 15. I think that you think I'm a bankrupt. Truth is, that I'm worse. Control, be advised that this is now an aerial pursuit. Hold on. Three, two, one. Too bad, you gotta die. No, 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 wait, wait. Not everything ends the way you think it should. John Travolta, Hugh Jackson, Halle Berry, and Don Cheadle. Swordfish. Good evening and welcome to the Film Realcast podcast. It's episode number 24. It's another week, which means it's another film. This week we are doing Swordfish 2001 film starring John Travolta, Hugh Jackman, and Halle Berry. Directed by Dominic Cena. Known for Gone in 60 Seconds, obviously Swordfish, and California. California, which I haven't seen. I am joined, as usual, by the wonderful men. Wonderful man in my life, A. Bing Graham. How uh, are yeah, you, my friend? Even, uh, I, I, was, I was ecstatic. I'm really happy up until the point when you have just sworn at both me and James because you haven't made a mistake yet on any He's gonna make podcast. One. Graham, we're going to wait. We're going to wait. One. He'll make one. He will. There, there is not. time. I'm going gonna... to kick him so hard on the bollocks, so hard on the table, that he will make one without I don't know why you want me to make a mistake. By the way, that's James, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> While he's tying his hair up in a ponytail. Uh, how are you, James? I'm very, I'm very good. I'm a swordfish. I'll tell you what. I, when, he, when we first announced it, I was like, I wonder what that's going to be like. Because I think, as you, as you were saying, none of us had actually seen this film. You'd not seen it at all. Like, right? no, never even heard And what's going to be fascinating is, what, thir- it's 13 years. It doesn't seem like... You thought it was a fishing documentary, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it had Robson Green in it at some point. <laughs> I really did. I thought he was about to go like extreme fishing. Like, it was just an adaptation to that. But, River monsters. You know, so I saw this at the cinema when it came out in 2001. And... Uh, I haven't seen old. it since then, it is because I'm old, yeah. But you guys hadn't seen it. I so. had. I saw it in 2001, late, I think, or 2002, when it came out in Blockbusters, we say, so, my work there. Oh. I was going to say other places are available, but they've all shut down now, so they're not available, are no. they? No, 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 no. I got it for £2.49 on Amazon Prime, formerly Love Film. 
Not to two day rent, not bad. I mean, let's be honest, I think it's quite a good idea. But they've got not new releases are 349 for standard definition, about pound extra for high def. When I'm when you're watching it on your iPad or anything like that, yeah. I mean, standard def, I'm still happy. It's good, DVD quality. Oh, it's very, yeah, yeah. it's very, very good. And if, if you get the high def, if your internet is not that consistent or um, your time capsule or whatever isn't, isn't, isn't working right. Um, other internet movies are right absolutely, absolutely. But you, you'll get a lot of buffering with the high quality stuff potentially as well particularly with uh, uh, Amazon Prime it does buffer a lot I don't uh, think if, you, if you've got fibre optic I don't I don't I yeah, don't fibre optic it's fantastic it doesn't buffer at all I've watched HD and it doesn't buffer whatsoever so well you'll clearly get paid a lot more money than me then I can't afford I can't afford fantastic internet. No, I don't eat. I don't buy clothes. I just concentrate on fibre optic broadband. That might explain a few things. Exactly, exactly. I'll be podcasting naked with my fibre optic broadband <laughs> uh, next week. And a naked... I'm not wearing pants. Um, so, but that's Swordfish. Stu, talk to us about Swordfish then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, before I go through the synopsis, when I mentioned Swordfish to do, what did you think about that then, Graham? Well, I've, I've never heard of it, so again, as you know, this is a learning process, we're up to episode 24, and some of the films I have and haven't seen and stuff like that, but um, yeah, I'm up for viewing any film really now, pretty much, within reason, um, but yeah, I just, uh, I originally think, that's after Sweeney, yeah, alright, <laughs> for those that didn't hear, go back to last week's episode about Sweeney, and you'll understand my uh, <laughs> joy. Uh, the choice of film, and then I finally actually realised I shouldn't have chosen it. But never mind. But yeah, Swordfish. The first thing I knew about it is when we discussed it the other week, and we discussed yeah. about what, do, what we were going to do, and then I saw the picture that um, Stuart updated the website with, and that noticed how many exceedingly famous people mm. are actually in this movie, mm -hmm. but back when they weren't. Exceedingly yeah. famous people. What so uh, I, I thought, oh, and a lot of the actors I really quite like anyway. So I thought, oh, I'll give it a go. And uh, yeah, yeah, really good. Oh, we forgot to mention, Nim isn't oh. here today. Oh, Nim thought the podcast was tomorrow and he's watched the Lego movie by accident. <laughs> so, uh, so not only has he got the wrong day, yeah. he's also got the wrong movie. So he does try. He does try, but everything is not awesome. With <laughs> not. No, but you've got to be part of a team, and obviously he's not. So. <laughs> no, no, there's no Nim in team. Oh, there is there. No, but we will we will be giving a homage to him during, during the podcast. Um, <laughs> we will way, yeah. Okay, the summary of the film: uh, When a DEA shut down its dummy corporation, known as Sawfish, in 1986. Uh, they generated 400 million, which they let sit around 15 years, which has gained interest to a massive 9.5 billion. A covert counter-terrorist using Unicor Black Cell, headed by Gabriel Shear, wants the money to finance um, a vengeance on against terrorism, protect America. But it's all locked away behind a super-encrypted computer. So he brings in a hacker, Stanley Jobson, uh, who will hack into the computer for a grand sum of money to pay for the lawyer's fees to help release his daughter Holly into his custody whose mother is a prostitute and stars in porn films so and that's the plot a horizontal actress yeah and he's also pursued by uh, Don Cheadle who is in our last two films uh, is Iron Man 2 and 3 so when I recommended this I didn't even think about that it's Don Cheadle isn't it you're the expert Stu hey, I'm afraid 
Yeah, Jermaine yeah, Jesus yeah. plays uh, Rhodey, doesn't he? He does. But not in the first film. No, not, not in the first That's why it was the last two films, mm. no. So uh, if you would have listened to what I said, you would pick up on that. Did my back hurt your knife? Uh, no, okay. it didn't. It didn't. So. Um, interesting you mentioned, though. You say 2001. Do you remember? Do we have a, a month? A month? Because uh, obviously we had... September. Is it, I, mean, just <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but the only reason up. I'm asking, obviously, is 9/11. Was obviously, and this is this being about terrorists. Obviously, the script. Right, 9/11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. September 11, 2001, and obviously, this, the the script would have been written before, way before the events. You know. it, it's just um, I'm I'm wondering how good it would have done, how much that potentially affected it upon release. But I don't know exactly when when the release of this film was. Does it no, even, my uh, internet isn't particularly good where I am now um, so it's not actually picking anything up with regards to when it was released and how much it cost to make the film and how much it actually made if, if you guys can pick it up that would be quite interesting we're, we're, on, we're on the we're on the internet now fingers are clicking on the touch screen but I really don't know I mean it, it's been it must have made it must have cost so a fortune to actually make it the 27th of July 2001 the film was withdrawn from cinema shortly after the terrorist attacks I've got here on New York City and Washington DC on the 11th of September due to a scene of an exploding building but that was obviously way after it had been released in July so it was before the 9-11 attacks yeah okay so I had a couple of months in the cinema before the unfortunate event and then uh, it got pulled with a lot of films yeah it were pulled then weren't they the Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. film but yeah, the opening weekend would not have had really any effect on it at all no no, okay. no so I mean the start of the film is one of the best starts to the a film I've seen in a long, long time. I forgot just how good it was. It starts with John Travolta. He's sitting in a cafe and it's as if he's being interviewed. Um, and he's talking about films where there's the hostages and hostage situations. He's, he mentions uh, Dog Day Afternoon of Robert De Niro, which is a, like a bank heist. He talks about what if uh, the hostages were, were kind of executed one by one. What if they raised the stakes? And he's, you see that he's, you see the backs of these other two figures, don't you? And you don't really know who he's talking to or, or what the situation is. Um, and it's just focused on John Travolta's face. Uh, and I thought that was really well done. I, I was really interested in what they were saying, what's actually happening. Because you, you get the general feeling that something's occurring, that there is an event happening here, but you don't actually know what it is at the time, do you? No. I got really confused because I thought he was actually... So obviously I've never, never seen it before, so I went in there, in, I was going in it blind, well, you know, got home from work yesterday and thought I'd watch it, and um, I actually genuinely thought he was talking about a movie and he was like a film director, I actually genuinely believed, with a little bit of, because of his, yeah. John Travolta was acting, I thought, oh, there's a little bit of something not right here, mm. but I actually genuinely believed That's what he, I was, he was actually talking to someone about making a movie, yeah. I actually, you know, did, but... You knew there was obviously yeah. something going on because but, of, the, yeah. of the face and all that type of stuff, but definitely thought about yeah. it. Yeah, that's what about. I thought, because when I watched it again, I, I thought about how good this scene actually was and what I thought when I first saw the film, because I thought that as well, because he's talking about how good um, the Dog Day Afternoon was and the situations and how much it raised attention. And with regards to he would have got away with a lot more if he would have started executing the, sub, um, the hostages... And just how far would you go in that situation? And you kind of think, okay, maybe as you say, he's promoting a film yeah. that he wants to write. 
Um, and then you realise he's talking to uh, Don Cheadle, who's Agent Roberts, and Hugh Jackman, who plays Stanley Jobson. And then he walks out, he puts down his coffee that he's drinking, and suddenly there's about 15 SWAT people at the door all pointing guns yeah. at them. There's snipers on the roof, there's helicopters. And you realise something much bigger has actually happened. And I think it's brilliant just how cool and relaxed that John Travolta is through this entire part. Oh, yeah. He's very much in control. He's very calm. And Hugh Jackman's looking around thinking like... Panicking like yeah, that. Yeah, what are the F's going on? And Yeah, well, this is it's his pre-X-Men, so he hasn't had that experience. Yeah. Is this his pre... Or is this pre-X-Men? I, don't, I have no idea. I'm pretty sure it is. It must be. James, we speak about this earlier. No, it's not. It's after the first X-Men film. Because he was stacked in... He wasn't that stacked in the, in no, the first, first X-Men. No, but every, everyone after that, he was stacked. It so was after the first X-Men film. So oh, I, I stand corrected. Um, X-Men movie. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Are you... Okay, I, I don't really know, to be honest. As I say, my internet at the moment is absolutely pants, so I, I can't look that up. But what did you think of the first scene, James, when you watched that, your initial thoughts of it? My initial thoughts of the first scene, it was really interesting. Um, I, I really liked it. Uh, um, it, got, it got you into the film. It definitely intrigued you, as, as Graham was like saying. You wanted to know what's going to happen. You were introduced to one of, arguably, the, the coolest character, for some, in the film. Obviously, John Travolta's character, um, who obviously isn't the hero. One thing that... I'm, I'm not, I want to say I'm never keen on, but I normally don't like a lot of the time, and I think right. it worked in this though, is right. you have this incident, you have, obviously have to have that awesome explosion yes. via bay motion, the slow motion, um, which was actually done nicely and was not overkill. Yeah. And then it goes back to four days earlier. Sometimes that really annoys me in films. And, and I'm just like, oh, because you know where it's going to end. And you know what's leading up to it. So you know Hugh Jackman's character is not in any danger and, th- and, you know, and things like that and John Travolta. Yeah. yeah, and I think sometimes that can affect the film. I, I personally didn't think it did in this case that much. But when I first watched the first time, that annoyed me. Not the second time, obviously. I don't know what yeah, you mean. No, I know what you mean about the whole, you know, you kind of start the film with almost the closing scene, really, is what they, you know, yeah. the, close, the closing like 10 minutes or 15 minutes, whatever it was. But... You kind of, at least you know what's going to happen, but it's nice seeing what's happened and then the story building up That's to true. that. Uh, and uh, with, with some films that, oh, I'll skip for it, but we'll talk about more detail, but with some films they do that and then they almost get to the end of the film again and redo it, redo yes. the whole of that sequence again. Whereas with this, it was that sequence, then the film, and they didn't go back to that sequence. Well, they, they, they were there. At the, at the cut. Yeah, yeah. At the cut, then they started f- again from the cut. Yes. And then that, so that, for me, made it, oh, right, I saw completely out. So I don't think it did, really. Okay. It was, but the action at the beginning was just immense. It was like a James Bond film. It was, wasn't it? And it, it, it really just... brought you into the film, I thought. Yeah. No, I completely agree, and I... I enjoyed that fact, again, when you get to the end, you don't have to relive that whole... Not that it was bad, but you don't have to relive yeah, that whole experience. Yeah, you don't have to go through that, yeah. Yeah, and it, it says the opening scene from Swordfish is the most complicated visual effect of Warner Brothers history. It says it was shot using Matrix-like effects um, which from 1999. Um, it used some kind of... It was frantic films, and they used this camera that um, composites 
that the whole kind of circumference of the of the location that, that it was actually filming, which is what you can. So it's a full break panoramic down. camera. Yeah, and they broke that down, and they said it was the most complicated scene that, as they say, on IMDb and their history. How true that is, I really don't know, but I just thought that was fantastic. When because for people who haven't seen it, we're gonna spoil the hell out of this film. So you see John Travolta talking, and they obviously leave the cafe, and they're surrounded by police, and they go back into the bank. Um, John Travolta does and Hugh Jackman and Don Cheadle's opposite uh, with all these other FBI agents and I think there's some DEA there, there's police, I think there's everyone and, there. Any, anyone and everyone. Yeah, and uh, what they've done, I'm probably, am I going to skip ahead here? I'm not going to skip ahead, am I? No, because there is an explosion at the start of the film, isn't there? Is, yeah. 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 Big in my senior moments, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm forgetting different things. But... Um, this one of the hostages is brought to the front of the bank, and Don Cheadle's told by John Travolta that everyone is linked with explosives, aren't they? Mm. And I actually wrote some such as kind of, like the biggest some, claymores yeah, in the world. Yeah, you see, the hostages are strapped with explosives, and they've got twenty pounds of C4, fifteen pounds of ball bearings, um, and they've got a frequency collar around their neck. Yeah. I wrote that down. How sad is that? No, no. Full respect, Jim. <laughs> and uh, if they actually leave the bank, that they will explode. So, in the in the rush of blood that gets to the snipers' heads, that on top of the building, this goon leads this poor young woman out, and he thinks he's doing the right thing. He takes him out, doesn't he? And uh, then they try and grab her. Yeah. and pull her to freedom and she's like no <laughs> fuck this I want to get back inside the bank so she's screaming to get in the bank and they're kind of thinking why does she want to get in the bank I think and Don Chudor was doing his nut as well yeah, he's, he's trying to tell them no 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 leave it leave it leave it yeah. they're not listening are they just typical police go so we know what we're doing step back you special agent go away yeah. no, did you think that was a trope at all the one who knows better oh yeah oh, oh, always how many times other than the film swap but no how many times have we seen SWAT mess up in every film? Die Hard. They always do, don't they? Absolutely. Yeah. And she just explodes. And when she explodes, you get the, the 360 view of the explosion with the ball bearings going through the air, taking out cars, SWAT, police. Anything and everything. Yeah, anything that gets in their way. And I thought that was brilliant because it was done proper Matrix style where yeah. people kind of froze in the air and then they kind of fell down and the ball bearings are ripping for everything. For... For that time and off the back of Matrix, I thought that scene was so hard hitting and so impactive that it, when I watched that in the cinema, it just really blew me away. I mean, and even now, I didn't think the, the special effects, the explosion, was a bit weak special effects wise now from what we're used to. Mm. But still, just the the visual effects of these police officers being kind of blown apart and stopping and then carrying on. I thought it was really, really good. Uh, what did you think? Yeah, of it was, when you saw it, that? No, it was really, really good for the um, for the visual effects. And although the the explosion may have been a little bit weak, mm. you know, we used to massive explosions and stuff now. But actually, you didn't draw draw any attention away from the actual impact of it, even though the explosion was weak. But yet, the cinematography like that cinematography. That's a good it? word to use. Cinematography. Two syllables. Um, what does that mean? <laughs> You know, that, that's helped actually kind of create more of an effect. And it, 
to prove it wasn't all about the explosion. It was about the the shrapnel that was inside it. Yeah. And I, I thought that was brilliant. James, what did you think, my friend? Oh, I have to say that's one. Same as you guys. Good. I did. I mean, you, yeah, the special effects, as you mentioned, I, I at the time of watching it, I didn't really think about it, as the ground was saying. Uh, it's only since you mentioned it. Oh, really? Yeah. When you watched it... The, when did you watch it? Yesterday? Yes, last night. Last night. So we, we, your first opinion with the explosion wasn't really good? Mm. No, no, no. It didn't, it didn't bother me at all. I didn't really even think about it. Until I, so I shouldn't have Until really you've now mentioned it. Now so I just mentioned, mentioned it. it. It's probably now getting a one out of four. Yeah, so that. now I've, you're going to start taking right. half marks yeah, off, aren't you? Yeah. So I'm going to st- stop mentioning stuff there. <laughs> and, and then this film will end up with a one at the end of it just because I'll start mentioning shit. So from there, after the explosion, it then goes to LAX airport where you see a male called Axel, who's from Finland, uh, going through passport control. And he's got lots of computer equipment with him and stuff like that. And he looks like a typical... The way he's dressed, very yeah, stylish just, yeah. European. You know that he's a bit of a wrong one as well, don't you? Yeah, definitely. When he gets stopped at passport control, because um, he's got one passport, then they bring another passport out. Yeah, somewhere in his bag, don't they? Yeah, so then he's, they take him upstairs. And I like his very casual attempt to escape. I mean, it's, it's so easy for him to escape from his kind of, from the room, the interview room that he's put in, first of all. Yeah. And then he... He rushes in a very style that reminds me of walking through the airport, and then he's caught by cops, and he uses the old pointing, doesn't he? You see him, look over there, and then it works, and it works. Yeah, then he <laughs> runs in another direction. I was expecting like, the Benny Hill music to play after this, yeah. and <laughs> yeah, like a little five-minute run around the airport, and then he gets captured, um, and then obviously chucked back in the room, and once he gets captured, it goes to Washington D.C. where. He, you just see a senator who's being kind of appraised by one of his colleagues that this guy has been captured and he's known. And instantly, when you see that, and you see it goes up to kind of senator level, but when I first saw it, because I hadn't seen it for like 13 years, I couldn't really remember whose side he was on and it was like watching it again for the first time so it's quite enjoyable yeah. and you know that there's something wrong you either know that this senator's a good guy and he's trying to take him down or this senator who's being updated is is a complete wrong and, and we'll discuss later on which way that goes but but even then you weren't sure watching it and I've forgotten yeah, I, yeah exactly and uh, I enjoyed the fact that it does go to different levels of kind of like conspiracy with, like through the government I quite mm. enjoy those films like, they do keep you guessing um, and then it completely goes in another direction where you first see Halle Berry who plays a character called Ginger Knowles and she's she's looked really fit she's very hot in this doesn't she I yep. don't know how old she is now in 2001 she looked damn good really good it's so uh, I think Graham's going Graham's to find out but there, this scene was something for both of you, wasn't it? She went, and she looked, as I say, she looked absolutely stunning. And she went and met Hugh Jackman at like a pump station. And, uh, was, that, was, that, was it a pump station? Was no, it was, it was, it was at his caravan house, wasn't she, it? But she, she, it was surrounded by these... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 it would have been awful. Yeah, and it just yeah. happens that he's on top of it, hitting golf balls off, wearing just a towel, looking really buff as well, isn't he? Okay. Don't you tell me you didn't notice that now, aren't you, No, James? I didn't notice that. You didn't notice, but you were just wearing a towel? No. You're lying. 
And, uh, uh, just, just so we know, uh, Halle Berry was born on 14th of August 1966, so she's 48 years young. Oh, really? Blimey. So Look at it now, mind, but uh, yeah, 48 years young. So she was 34, roughly, then. She doesn't look 34. No, she's... she's Not mid-20s, I'd say, mid to late, well... Yeah, yeah. She looks, yeah, she's bloody good for her age. Um, but yeah, so she goes to meet Stanley Jobson, which is obviously played by uh, Hugh Jackman. And he's... When I play golf, I try and wear a towel, but I don't have the physique to pull it off. So it's quite refreshing to see someone else playing golf wearing a towel. And he's... He does look fucking rich. I don't know you should give it another go, I think. I reckon we should do it one day. We should just go and play... Golf in our golf towels. Golf in towels. Or small towels like he was wearing. I, I can probably do a small towel. Well, I couldn't do a small towel. I'd have to do a beach towel. I would. And I think it might cause issues when I kind of kneel down to get the ball out of the hole. I think it would get messy. Uh, we, we can get a device to get the ball out of the hole. It'll be fine. Yeah, that'll be good. So, so in, Really, is in golf? Is there a device to get the... Yeah. Really? I didn't know that. Is it like a grabber? I, I'm, yeah, I'm literally, you can you can have a grabber. Or you, there's a little thing that goes in the Indian golf club. It's like a little bit of plastic. Because you see on the TV, they pick it up with their hands, don't you? Well, yeah, but you can stick your balls in a tube. Yeah, if you really want. Yeah, yeah. You can even get get your ball out. Yeah, you, know, you stick it in your tube. It'll be fine. Mm. You can you take you take balls out. You take balls out of the tube of anything. You learn something new every day. Sorry. Yeah, man. exactly. Sometimes you can put them in there and you can pump. You can. Yeah, yeah. that helps. Yeah. So pump. Yeah. What, the balls, the golf balls? You can pump your balls, yeah. Yeah, clean, it cleans them. <laughs> not even joking, I mean, there is a device on the golf course that you put a golf ball in, pump it, and cleans it. What does it use? What does it fucking matter? <laughs> oh, wow, please. that was a really was... funny analogy, little, little kind of unscripted yeah. I kind was, of... I was talking about a sex toy all the way through that. Uh... Oh, mate, got you. Okay, yeah. okay, that's not very nice, is it? What, that's, not very, that's not very nice. Why is that? Because you're, you're, I was believing you about the golf because I don't play golf. Well, I started off. Doing you, it. No, 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 you, you took you took advantage of my lack of knowledge of golf. Basically, you took advantage well, no, of me. There, this, there, there is there is a tube that you can pick golf balls up with. But then I thought I don't want to talk about I, golf I feel, balls. You know what I feel like now. I feel like one of those people that have said yes to one of those emails and given them my bank account numbers. <laughs> one of those. That's what I feel like right now. So like you feel like a stupid idiot. I feel like a mum. <laughs> Really? I do. Carry on. Carry oh, on. I'm really sorry you feel that's like right. that. I really okay. am sorry. That's a shame, isn't it? Real shame. Yep. Yeah, of course it is. Um, yeah, so... You're such a twat. Okay. <laughs> so he's it. So he's it in golf balls off. She goes and flirts with him off the roof of the caravan. Obviously, shits one like Tiger Woods, which goes about 400 yards. And then you learn that... Yeah, yeah with, with a what? Seven iron? Yeah. She's done, done quite well. And the... And the draw of fate she's got in it as well. Yeah, it's this is amazing. Just, oh, just, what is a yeah. seven iron? Oh, so, yeah, I'm not going to talk about it, mate. Oh, yeah, just, just go. If you were a club, you'd be a wood, mate. That's what you'd be. Right. And I'm talking about an erect penis. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Stanley Jobson was NSA's most wanted person for hacking. And he, is, he went to prison and he is divorced. He went there for two years and he lost contact with his daughter, Holly. So, um, what are you laughing at, James? Why are you being such a giggly girl through this? What's funny? I don't know. Is I it because I said the word penis? Let's, let's be professional and let's carry on. Let's do this review. <laughs> don't okay, flip do. it back. No, I'm, I'm You're flipping saying. it back as if I'm the 
the instigator of the mischief. No, of course, of course not. Of course not. You, you only take advantage of my lack of knowledge of golf, <laughs> and then you know, ruined my, smeared my bad name, and now it's all over the interwebs. But now let's carry on. No, but I don't want to talk about golf. I want to talk about. I didn't. I'm sorry. I don't know what a seven iron or a Woody is. Do I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For the fact you just described as a Woody, it's quite funny. Anyway, let's carry on. A Woody. <laughs> Superb. <laughs> Such a cock. <laughs> okay. So Hugh Jackman went to prison for two years for hacking. He lost contact with his daughter Holly. Through that, his wife left him and married someone else yes it was like a porn it just happens to be just a porn producer yeah at some point did any of you I was, I was talking to you I thought oh my god what a trope what a cliche and I was um, when I first watched it and I was like this is really annoying I would uh, divorce yada yada seen it all before however I did not know that this would actually play into the plot quite keenly later on obviously with him needing the money and, and the thing about his, and the thing about his daughter so I, I actually thought for once, this trope was actually a good plot device. I don't, I don't know what either of you. Oh you, yeah, and so it, it kind of gave you that background motivation. So when they were talking about it, you kind of could relate to it. But yet they didn't go into it too deeply to take away from the rest of the story. Yeah, it is the sole reason why he does it. the love of, love for his daughter, the love of yeah. his daughter, isn't it? So she obviously knows everything about him, and she gives him a hundred grand and says that this is just a starter. Come, she's actually named John Travolta, does she? Or name his character, Gabriel Shear, that says, just go and meet him. He just wants to go and talk. Here's 100 grand in cash. That should get you started with the solicitors. And uh, that's his kind of incentive to go and do it. Um, and that he's been to court six times as well to try and get his daughter back, and he's failed every single time. So and that's it, really. So um, the next part goes back to Axel, who's been interviewed. And he's wanted on 24 accounts of electronic crime. Uh, and I like this scene. I think Don Cheadle, as a character, is really, really good when he's playing these kind of characters. Yeah. Because it really, really suits, he definitely does, suits his style. I think he definitely is a good guy in yeah. those films. Obviously, in the Ocean's films, it, you know, he's, well, none of them are bad in them, are they, really? They're no. just wayward. But um, I do think he's more of a, more of a good guy yeah. You know, like Travolta is very good at playing what can only be described as psychopaths. Most of the yeah, time. he does that very he well. He does that, he? yeah, because he has that that look, and you know, he's a very very talented actor. So, you know, he not typecast as such, but just fits that role better. I would yeah. Say. But what's when you, it's interesting you say that because after our disaster of a movie last week, we were talking about Ray Winston. Fits that role, but exactly the same as where John Travolta would fit this role. So, what makes it so different that when Ray Winston does it to when uh, I don't know, it's just a feeling, I suppose. You can do you think it's down to their acting, or yeah, think I, think, I think it is, it, it is pure. I think if you look at John Travolta's CV, it's a lot more diverse. Oh, it is more diverse, but uh, you, you look at like a film like Broken Arrow, um, Night where, Fever, yeah, Greece. Well, not Grease. Hairspray. Uh, well, yeah, or Hairspray. But, you know, the films where he's playing a darker character, he can he can do the darker characters probably a, a little bit better sometimes than some of the softer yeah, characters. Fiction. Exactly. So well, in Hairspray, you dressed up as a woman. But, but yeah, yeah. But then again, you know, really he well. does, does a 
Well, I'd essentially chick flicks and, you know... And don't forget, don't forget Battlefield Earth. Oh, yeah. And he sticks by that as still a good film, doesn't he? Uh, I, don't, I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah, but, um, like yeah, but he's, he is more of a... I think he's more of a... A, a professional, professional actor... He does everything, and that's why he's in so many good films. Whereas Ray Winston's not in that much. He's a lot more, yeah, yeah. And he is more of a, although he has been typecast, and I'm sure everyone gets typecast, really, but, you know... Going, oh, you missed out The Punisher. He's given that. I like him in that. Yeah, going schleg is probably him. I don't know, it's just a feeling you get yeah, from him playing on... Though, playing on yeah, the, the... When you look at him on screen, and yeah, you do know, oh yeah, he plays all kinds of dark characters like that, but then you also know that he can do other things. I, I think it's just... Maybe there's something in the way that he does it. He's enjoyable to watch. That's yeah, I think I think, yeah, I think it's more more what he does on screen yeah. and how he does it rather than you know you just going oh right he's just playing yeah know, it's like just a snake. I don't know whether it's kind of like Ray Winston will be if he is playing that character it'll be in some two bob British film which won't be much of a high budget or that stronger cast. But when you look at this, you've got Hugh Jackman, Halle Berry, Don Cheadle, John Travolta, massive actors or actresses, and it's much better written than the Sweeney pisses on that completely. Oh, yeah, it is. And, and yeah. I think that helps, whereas, I don't know, Ray Winston, even when he was in Noah, as I said last week, I still didn't really like his character. It's not believable. Yeah, it's not believable, and, it, and no matter what he can do, ends up with that accent. It's like, as you Jason Statham, I love his action films, they're really good, but as an actor, he's not impressive at all. He's and quite he, one-dimensional, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, when he tries to do a, an American accent, he fails completely, and you kind of wonder, in some of his films, you think, is he doing an American accent? And he forgets and goes to a British one, or what kind of accent is that? You just don't know. But if you want a courier, he's, he's awesome. He's very, very good. He will good, get he? things there on time. He will, he will. Exactly. So I, I, it's quite interesting you said that. But um, yeah, so it goes to the interview, and, and I like this because the two agents who are there are, are trying to speak to uh, this Axel character who's just continually speaking in Finnish, isn't he? And he's not engaging at all. Then Don Cheetah walks in and he's obviously. Kicks the lawyer out. Yeah, and he <laughs> says that he was in charge of the. Was it a. Biggest computer hacking mm. crime unit in America or something, and that he got burnout, didn't he? Yeah, and then shot someone in the hand. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and then puts a gun on the desk. Yeah, I uh, shot someone uh, on the hand. Yeah. All right. Okay. Where's this going? Not so know what happened to you. Um, so he says, "Why would you risk everything to come back into the USA when you're wanted on 24 accounts of electronic crime?" So he knows that something really big is happening for him to actually be in this country. And Chido loses rag, and uh, he makes him talk. And whilst he's doing that, you, then you're introduced to like the one of the disappointment of the film, Vinnie Jones. I mean, he's a <laughs> he's good at. Again, I, I was surprised. When, I was surprised to see him. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Graham, when you saw him, come on, be honest. What was your first impression? The first. What was your feelings? I, I will do a word, a word that just came to mind was just henchman. That's the only thing I could think of. <laughs> when, yes. he, when he turned out, I just thought, ah, henchman. Not, you know, yeah. British actor who quite often plays football now yeah. in America. Um, but I just thought, ah, 
Mm. You know, it's a typical kind of Vinnie Jones kind of... Well, it was exactly the same in yeah. Gone in 60 Seconds, wasn't he, when he, when he was in that? Was he in that? Yeah, he yeah. was in Gone in 60 Seconds. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it's, uh, just, it's a brief kind of... It's a little bit more than a cameo, but not really enough to, to warrant his no. enormous paycheck. He's another one who's uh, in Lockstock. He's really, really good in that. Because that suits him, because he's, uh, he's from London. He's a proper character, like a Cockney bloke. Geezer. Yeah. For, um, for, those, for those geeks that may be listening that don't quite know, he's an ex-professional footballer mm. from uh, Wimbledon. Is it Wimbledon? Yeah, Wimbledon. Yeah, Wimbledon. Yeah. And uh, he was known as one of the hard men of English football. Um, he used to when kick he crap out of other basically players. Basically just beat people up on the pitch and almost combine it with rugby. And uh, then he took that hard, when he retired, he took that hard man kind of image and tried to portray him. Yeah, let's be honest, he's done very well. <laughs> yeah, he has. Yeah. Oh yeah, he has. He's yeah. more famous now and he, for his And he does run, football. he does run the um, like ex-Pats, famous people, football team in LA. Oh, does he? Does, he? He runs and manages it, yeah. So like, all like ex-Pat British actors and yeah. famous people and journalists and any expat that goes out there that wants to play football, get in contact with him and he, um, yeah, oh, right. he runs and manages the football team. Yeah, but in the films, he just plays that one-dimensional character, yeah, doesn't he? all the time. And you kind of think, you see him, and I kind of, I just thought, oh, yeah, I forgot he was in this. But because he doesn't do anything, really, or say anything, he's like a, a polite little child. He's, you know he's there, but he's no hindrance whatsoever, is he? And you can part with it. He's just in the background. You know what he's there for? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's simple, isn't it? It's not bothering you. So, Don Cheadle's talking to this Axel, trying to get the information out of him, saying, just talk to me, we'll look after you. But as usual, he says that, again, he doesn't name um, Gabrielle Shears, John Travolta's character, no. does he? He just says, he's mysterious, he's like a ghost, he can be anywhere. Do you believe he didn't know who he was, though, his name, or not? Um, I, I, I think so because so, this is where you this is kind of the very very basic and the very very start of the whole deception side of this film that you see yeah uh, isn't it, it's not you know it's not always what, what you see is not always what you get that yeah. kind of thing and him him saying you know I don't know who he is type thing I, I that believe gives that, you that yeah. gives you that start of the of the you know Mm. Snowball that is because the when, side of it. Um Hallie Ber- Berry's character, Ginger, went to see Hugh Jackman, she just referred to referred to John Travolta's character, Gabrielle as him. He wants to see you. And there was no names mentioned there and he's got the cash. So it could well be that he actually didn't know, but his reputation was so big and fearsome that people just wouldn't speak anyway. So I think that's I believe it. So he's trying to get information out of him um, and then Vinnie Jones rings up who's in the interview it's really easy for these two blokes a bit too easy basically just two goons yeah, to, to walk through customs security, security, security facility yeah going into the interview room next door with their guns pointed at the window and they they put a call in a fake phone call to say that Don Cheadle's needed to speak to his boss so they leave the room they're in the room next door and uh this Axel character and his solicitors looking in the, uh, the, the was it the two-way yeah, mirror? Yeah, the one, the mirror. Yeah, and uh, he gets shot in the head and his solicitor gets shot and they just walk what out. Made the as if nothing why, why did Gable want him dead? 
Because imagine because he was going to talk, wasn't he? Okay, you you find out like because obviously the senator knows that yes. Axel's been captured. We later on find out the association with the senator. But that's an assumption we make, isn't it? We put all the clues but, but at that time we don't know. No, we, we just think that he's going to talk, and we don't even know the link between Vinnie Jones's character and this other one to John Travolta at this point. You just naturally assume, which I did, that they must be they must be. T- uh, taken there to kill him because they think he's going to talk. And what, what and what I like about it is that the director and the writer obviously have given the audience enough credit for them to work it out themselves. So yeah. it's not later on splayed out in black and white that that's what he's done. Yeah, you which, which I think is a, which I think is yeah. refreshing in this day and age when when you've got so many people then redo like tell you the plot through um, like like conversations and things like that. Yeah, and it's said again and again and again, isn't it? By different yeah. people oh, in yeah. different ways. Yeah, yeah. And that's what's nice about this. Yeah, that didn't happen. So they take um, Axel out, then Cheadle comes back and sees them both on the floor and kind of, it's not a good day at the office for him, <laughs> is it? He kind of sings as if like, oh, shit. And yeah. uh, there's a lot of paperwork involved. So and so that, that bit's done. So John Travolta finally meets Hugh Jackman in a nightclub and uh, again it would be a nightclub that I'd never get invited to I probably wouldn't even get allowed in it's full of stunning women who are just unbelievably gorgeous and I'd turn up there and they'd probably think I was someone's dad to come and pick them up and take them <laughs> home or something like that I'd be <laughs> completely uncool and fucking geeky too, the music's too loud turn it down <laughs> He goes and meets him, and uh, his job interview, or his interview what there. What a hell of an interview, though. What a yes. fantastic interview. I mean, it's... I gave you heads off about that. No, unintended. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, it's brilliant. I've never had a job interview like that. And... No. Oh, what? While receiving a blowjob, ask to mm. type in a very, very difficult encryption, having a gun to your head in a minute to do so. Yeah, so for those who haven't seen it, uh, it's, it's well worth watching because it's quite interesting that he's turned up and John Travolta says you've got one minute to hack into the um, Department of Defence's computer. Uh, so not only is that tough enough that he's got a gun pointing to his head yeah. and he's got some stunningly attractive blonde giving him a blowjob at the time whilst he's doing it in front of an audience, isn't it? And, and he's... Not only got to maintain an erection, which is really hard for someone at Hugh Jackman's age, no doubt, and for uh, me, and, uh, and, and some younger maintaining it can be. Yeah, it's yeah. a problem. It's, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, it's, 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 one, it's one of those things that can affect all men. <laughs> so, <laughs> do you feel better? Have you got that in your system? Which one says to you? Nothing, nothing. I just thought it was a really good scene. <laughs> so, I mean. I tried it. I tried to program my video and get my wife to do that, but she refused to do it just to see if I what, could do what, it. Refused review, to the gun video? What do you mean? Yeah, I see if I could program my video whilst my wife was uh, giving me fellatio, but she refused to do it just to see oh, if I could handle I was that kind of pressure. Then. I thought, did you make fellatio or holding a gun to your head? Which one was she not doing? I was like, probably want to hold a gun to my head, to be honest. <laughs> she said she'd do one of the two. Yeah, so she got. Okay. She wouldn't have found a gun. So uh, Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, so he's... Yeah, so he manages to do this just in time. Um, and uh, I, I did make a note saying, in the end, Hugh Jackman comes good. Ah. And he hacks into the system. 
Oh, very good, very good. See, there's no pun intended there, but there is a little bit. And I like the word, I like it what he says at the end, when he says, um, and I still think of it now, when they talk about, how did you crack into this computer? Did you use a Trojan worm or a loophole? Yeah. Stuff like that. It's all a lot of bollocks, isn't it? It really is. He just says he sees the code in his head. I just don't fucking understand any of the stuff that they talk He's about. He's Neo, basically, from the Matrix. I, I, I really don't when they talk about computers. But he hacks into it and they, they realise that he's the man for them. And, uh, but uh, Hugh Jackman obviously has realised by this time that John Travolta is a complete lunatic, isn't he? That he, he, I mean, he's got a gun to his head. He's made someone give him a blowjob and he's made him hack into this. As soon as he's hacked into that computer, he's obviously then got him because he's not meant to touch any computers, is he? And he makes that yeah, quite clear. Yeah, bail, yeah. Yeah, so he's got him, isn't he, really? Yeah. And it's, so he's kind of reeled him in. Um, and I've also put down, it goes to the CIA computer geeks who point out to Don Cheadle that Axel and uh, Stanley are both in LA airport. And yeah, again, we spoke, about, yeah, and we spoke about this earlier, didn't we? That this was a bit tropey with regards to the computer geeks. Yes, they were cliches, tropes. Yeah, they, they really were, weren't they? It, we, it, was, it was a little bit, yeah, that's what yeah. it looks like. It didn't bother me, but they kind of... No, but, but I think the reason why didn't, this film doesn't take itself too seriously. No, it doesn't. And I think that's why it probably doesn't, doesn't bother some people. No, I, and I, I just kind of, when I saw it, because it's such a, it's a very easy game to film, it seemed to be really fast with the way it was over, but it, as you say, it doesn't take itself serious at all on, no. on really any level. I mean, it's, at that time, I don't know how, how kind of, if there was things going on in 2001 where people were hacking into computer systems or there was something going on, I mean, I can't even remember what I did last week, about 13 years ago, but how kind of relevant this was at the time. Christ knows. I mean, I, I, as I say... Well, the internet was still quite young in 2001, wasn't it, really? I was a virgin. No, this wasn't made in 2011. This wasn't 2011. This was 2001. To be fair, so was I, but I was also still in school in 2001. So, uh, I was in year... 10. Were you? I was. Yeah, when this was released, I was on summer holiday. In between years 10 and 11, I was working collecting glasses in my first ever job, I think. That's fine. Yeah. I'd work in the robot There process. you go. So that means I was 15 years old. I was 23. You're 23? When this, I, I'm not 23 now. <laughs> no. I'm not 23 now. <laughs> but when this film came out, I was 23, yeah. I was 19. Did you? I think. No, I can't be. I can't be 19. Why? Did you say you were a virgin? No, I'm 33 now. You, you no. I, I, no, I know I was a virgin. So, but you're struggling with the maths. What part of the maths are you struggling with? Because you're 40. And I'm 33, that's seven years. Yeah. But if I was 19 and you but were But think what year you were born. What year were you born? 81. Okay, so this was 2001, so it's 81. Ten years on from that, what would that be? 91. Ten. Okay, guys, <laughs> ten years on from that, what would that be? 2001. So what does that make? I'd have been probably nine. This has kind of turned into like a Sesame Street podcast. Yeah. It has yeah. it. No, no. It's oh, it. oh, oh, oh. One film. Oh, oh, oh. Sorry. I don't even know what the bloody hell that's meant to be. Oh, you're oh, joking. You... I don't watch Sesame Street. You don't know the count from Sesame Street? You've never... No. Oh, two fingers. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> at which point he's now swearing at me. I mean, come on, come on. This is getting ridiculous. This is the, this is the Belittle James podcast. 
Uh, you know, the last few have actually been like. Uh, it has been like that. No, to you can't have been twenty-three. That's all I'm saying. I, I am. T- no, you can't because there's more than. You're trying to say that... No, because there's about six years between, six, seven years between. Oh, now. don't lie about... There's nothing wrong. Don't lie about your age, mate. Okay? Be confident about how old you are. Okay? Just be confident. No, I'm 33. I've got no, I've got no problem with being 33. I think I'm fine right. with that. I think you're really good, mate, for your age. I really do. <laughs> I know. Should, should we carry on? Yes, yeah. Once again, uh, we've diverted. Yeah, we have diverted, and but we're not bullying you. We're just discussing things. It's character building. Exactly, it's character right, building. Let's go. So, yes, yeah, so, um, so John Travolta holds a party, which is like one of my parties, which is full of women who are unbelievably good looking, going in the swimming pool naked, semi naked, absolutely, drinking champagne. It could have been my house, to be honest, or it could have been one of your houses. Back when you were 23. Uh, now, nowadays, no, I have parties I like that. Yeah. yeah, so. You just don't get the invites, James. Yeah, have you not been invited? I don't care, I, I, I'm happy playing my. Xbox. I'm really pleased. Good. So, um, and then he he introduces uh, or shows Hugh Jackman eight screens, and he wants him to. Uh, and I wrote this down, and I had to stop this and watch it again because <laughs> I'm not very computer savvy when it comes to things. Um, that is the count from Sesame Street. I'm just yeah, showing. Yeah, I recognise him. I recognise him. There you go. Um, he looks like he looks like the count from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Does he? He may well be the count from that. Uh, he shows Hugh Jackman eight screens, and it's a multi-hydra code that he needs to break a two hundred or five hundred and twelve bit encryption code for ten million dollars. He has to crack seven different encryptions first uh, to do this. So, for me, this is quite easy. I could have probably done this in about thirty minutes. I think Hugh Jackman struggled a bit. I felt he's Wolverine, isn't he? You know, he does really good. You know. Works out quite well, so... He looked good. Yeah. He looked good. He looked so young in this film, Hugh Jackman, he did, didn't yeah. he? With his yeah. little earring. He really did look young, but he's a damn good-looking chap, so I'm confident enough about my sexuality to say that. So. Fantastic. <laughs> and so he starts working on his computers to try and hack through to get the money. We do even get a computer hacking montage a bit later on as well which is interesting yeah you get a montage you get the dance don't you you get the yeah. drinking alcohol smoking the fags so you get that and he starts cracking through the computers then the next day everyone's pissed up and hung over and he wants to go and meet his daughter doesn't he Holly who he's not meant to meet who's not meant to meet he's got conditions not to meet her so he goes to speak to Halle Berry who's sitting by the swimming pool reading a book with her bats out. With her boobies out. I was a bit shocked at that. I completely forgotten about that. Because she demanded $500,000 to get her boobies out in this film. And I remember back in the day, that was a huge... It still is a lot of money, but that is a huge amount of money back in 2001 to expose your breasts. So, and that when I saw that, I forgot about that as well. And I kind of thought, ooh, that was quite nice. Needed though, needed. It wasn't no, needed. Really. No, it was ridiculous. It was. Let's be honest. It was stupid, but it was. I liked to see it. But it, was it was almost. It was similar to Daniel Craig coming out of the sea in James Bond. Yeah. It really wasn't needed. Had added nothing to the story whatsoever. No. Apart from it became an interest for women, and this is exactly the same. Yeah, but it, it was strange though, it wasn't was. it? Because why would she be topless? Then hold the book as if like, wow, look at these girls, and just sit in there 
and it, I it was really, really strange. I did not study that scene as much as he did. No, I didn't. Okay. No, I didn't study it. I think it was. I think it was. I think it was something to develop the sexual chemistry between. I think it was just to make characters. her money. She probably said, "Yeah, I'll get them out and just give me half a million. I mean, this film cost eight hundred million dollars to make. Eight hundred. Yes, yeah, eight hundred million. Now I'm making things up. <laughs> I just wanted to see the look on your face. Yeah, I was actually in the space of googling on IMDb. You can, yeah, you can. I don't know, but I don't know, I'm watching it. It, it was it was a strange strange scene anyway. So he meets his daughter outside the school. Um, she's been waiting there for bleeding hours by the looks of it, and then it flicks to her mum, who you get the flash of she's at home on the sofa, completely wasted of bags and now yeah, we've seen the scenes before when when they're on the phone. The first thing she does after waking up is goes and gets a vodka. Yeah, and she, she's a real mess. Catch. Have you got an update? Um, well. The film cost eighty million to make. It cost eighty million, did it? I was, yeah. I was quite close. I had an eight. So opening weekend though, two hundred twenty thousand in Austria. Uh, Can't be. Gross, we've got thirty million in Europe. There's a, unfortunately, there's not too much of an update on the IMDb about. The All Netflix, right. Um, yeah. So Hugh Jackman goes and clicks there. Then you see that the signs of a loving relationship between father and daughter. Don't you? It's all quite lovey and. Yeah, because I wasn't sure at the start. Yes. You had no idea whether the daughter didn't like him or the daughter did like him. And it really yeah. wasn't until this moment where you figured it was, she probably did. But, yeah. but that adds to the, the story of it does. why he wants to, to do this and his motives about it, that he loves his daughter and obviously you clearly see that she loves him and he didn't do anything to get her yeah, back. Absolutely. So, and as you said earlier, it gets rid of that trope of... It, yeah, because it was a trope at the time, yeah, I thought. that storyline. Um... Then he takes her back to the house, and then Cheadle obviously stops him, and he's with other agents. Uh, and he wants to speak to him. And then that foot—I quite enjoyed that. It was only a foot chase, but it was still it something. Was a foot chase. It's not a bit sign. Slash cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah, I quite enjoyed that when I was sliding down the. Uh, good cam- good the camera cliff. work as well. Yeah, it was proper full on, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was, it was very, very good. Yeah, very like chasing through the alleyway and and yeah. through back I wonder if they actually did that themselves. What do you? No, 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 I don't know. No, you, you, what I will say, Michael Bay, take note, this is how you film an action scene. And it wasn't in slow motion at all, was no. it? It was No, no, there was no slow motion, but it definitely was done by stuntmen because the actors look different. Oh, really? Carefully, yeah. Yeah, oh, Don Cheadle yeah. doesn't look like Don Cheadle. Look at that, grand. Yeah, so, um, you know, yeah when, when you look. Fantastic. But, yeah, but it's, it's done I've really, really well. Yeah, and, I enjoyed uh, it. Yeah, really almost did. believable. Yes. I know some foot chases in films aren't always believable. But, um, until until they got to the uh, jumping off the cliff. Well, I don't know. If you, think, sure. if you think about it, if it's, it's, not, it's not a clip. It's no. Just a slope. It's extremely but how someone steep, didn't, wasn't it? How all, any of them didn't break anything was pretty impressive. Well, yeah, but if you look at it and you look at the way that they fell and, and stuff like that, then it is, it is believable uh, yeah, yeah, maybe. To, an, to an extent. They wouldn't be walking the next day. Oh no, you probably you probably have a bit of DOM somewhere on the line, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Delayed onset muscle soreness. It's a, no, no, I didn't even know that. It's, it's I what happens when you do exercise, James. The day after or the day after that, you get a little bit sore. Right, okay. Uh, obviously, I, I'm a bit overweight. There's no need to take. I didn't say you're overweight, cuddly. I didn't no, say you're overweight. No, 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 no. No, I think you're lovely. Right. That's right. I get out of the shower and cry. So yeah, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> that is understandable. Um, 
Thank so you. that's okay, mate. So Don, you, then you see after this bit, so he's, they're both sliding, all sliding down the hill after Hugh Jackman's character, Stanley Jobson. And at the bottom, he gets captured by one of the other FBI agents. He's the FBI or DEA. He is FBI, isn't he? Uh, I don't know what they are. And uh, but you then you see a kind of relationship. Cause you you learn that it's Don Cheadle's character who put Hugh yes. Jackman in prison. Um, and obviously, Jackman's a bit pissed about this. But even though he could arrest him, he says he's got no intention of arresting him. He just wants to know what he's doing. And you notice that they have kind of there is a bit of rapport there, isn't there? Yes, there is. And he, I don't know if it's sympathy for his situation or whether he's being nice to him because he wants to get information out of him. I imagine it's a bit of both. Yeah. He knows he's there for his daughter. He probably, if he, he probably has an idea of what his wife's like, I'd imagine. Yeah, because he says he's violating his patrol, uh, patrol, his parole even, that he won't arrest him. Uh, and as he leaves, he says, just say hello to Axel for me. And then he says Axel's dead. So he kind of obviously realises that I think Hugh Jackman realised then because he said he was dead he was found at LAX airport that it must have been linked to yeah what, what's going on yeah what he's involved in um, so then in, Hugh Jackman goes to John Travolta's house back after that obviously where I don't know whether he's staying there at the moment or whether he's just using that with the computers but he goes back there and again you see Halle Berry in her underwear with a wire though. with a wire yeah so, did you think that was necessary, her standing there in her underwear, or um, not? Well, oh, I think it's always necessary. You know, I, didn't uh, have no, um, <laughs> I didn't have issues with it, but again, it was... Did you really need... You didn't, nice, I must say, it's a nice matching set. Yeah, she, she did look stunning in this, but it, it kind of wasn't needed. I don't know whether... Well, it was needed. The only way you could argue it was needed was because it, it, it showed, showed the, the wire, wire and, and the gun and, and all that. It could, yeah, it could have been done so many other ways. I don't know whether it, I don't know whether it's come back off a, a Oscar for Monster, or whether it's before Oscar that whether she was that high profile that she could make these demands of how much in control she was, or she could say I'm willing to do this, but give me that, and because of her status back then in Hollywood that she could make these kind of demands. I, I really Monster. don't know. Was it the film Monster? Yeah, I think it's I think it's called Monster. Or Monster's Ball or something like that that she was in. But, um... I mean, Halle Berry's Tall Blonde Friend is played by Natasha Solonoff, Playboy of the Month, uh, was, um, 1999. Monster's Ball, that's also Monsters 2001. All oh, right, oh. so... I thought you were going to say something there, mate. I wasn't, I wasn't. I was just, I was just about to just agree. Okay, you can I was, always... I was just, just going to agree. You can always agree with me. Mm, yeah. So... She obviously got a wire, and then you kind of wonder who's side she on, is she, is she, and who's she working for? And it turns out she's an agent for the DEA. Did you believe her at that point? Because I, I, we had, I did I, believe. I, I did believe her at that point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought. I, I kind of thought. Yeah, I suspect she might be an agent, or she might be in on it, and uh, and I was quite pleased. You know what I mean? I felt I had that little smug feeling that I was right when I first watched this, and I knew that something was going on. So they, they kind of negotiate that, tell me who you're working for. She says, I can't tell you. And he's like, well, I'm in like this up to my neck as well. So just tell me what's going on. And she's been working, well, she claimed she's been working for ages for the yeah. DEA to take John Travolta down, didn't she? Yeah. And, and then I'm quite happy with that. I think brilliant. They're in, they're in it together now. we find out after that she's not. Well, we believe she's not because she's not known. Yes. So 
what was the idea behind it? To I'm, keep him there. Yes. To keep him there. To keep him there. To keep him... The illusion. Yeah. And that's what again, this is again, about. Again, this is where even more of the deception side of things comes yeah. in. Okay. You know, the, you're telling him one thing, he's believing it, but actually it's, it's not. So him turning around and seeing that and stuff, was it planted for his benefit, you know, to try and keep him there? Was it, you know, was it done for any other reason? You know, it's just more of, I think it gives him more of a reason to stay where he could have been going. Yeah, okay. again, it shows no, the chemistry between the two I'm, characters, doesn't it? Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I was thinking something similar. I, I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, because it, it is mentioned, I mean, because John Travolta and Hugh Jackman go out together and John Travolta talks about Operation Swordfish, uh, which ran 15 years ago. And as we mentioned in the synopsis, it, it's got nine and a half million sitting in a bank unused. Billion. But yeah. billion, sorry, yeah. Um, Just a bit of random trivia about that amount of money. That would be a 20% return on that. That would be an interest rate of 20%. No, you would never get that. That's unfeasible. I don't know. I've got a really good ISA account. That, 3%, I, yeah. that I put, I started it with Fiverr, and now I've got nearly £6 million pounds in there. Oh, have you? How long has that been? About a billion years? No, I've got about 17 quid in there now. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. <laughs> yeah, it's just never used, because uh, I can't afford to top it up, and it's good for nothing. So, uh, well, no, £17. Pounds. I mean, you know... Well, that's a pretty Yes. Yeah, what a lucky man I am. You could get... The Avengers film, the sequel Avengers film, when it comes out on Blu-ray. So you've turned my pint glass into half empty, now into half full. There you go. There you Thank go. you very much. But you see, you, you can only have turn off on a tangent. It's half full when you're filling it up. It's half empty when you're drinking out no. of it. You so can't. You can't no. have a half full pint glass so, when you're so, consuming so out. We it. have optimists and we have pessimists, and then there's you, just a wanker. You can yeah. have a half full. I mean, yeah, if you're filling it up. No. If you're if you're if it's under if you're filling a pint glass up, it is half full when you're filling it up. If you're drinking out of it, it is half empty. That's a good point. But no. Please tweet us. Tweet us if you're listening to this or at, um yeah. Will, yeah. Give yeah. us a tweet at the film Worldcast. Um or put something on Facebook. Um and your opinions please. See if I am as always right. Yeah, but exactly. It is. You can only, it's not a glass half full, half empty, it is factual. It'll be interesting to hear from our wonderful listeners, and they are wonderful people who are, I'd like to think, mind you, if they download this podcast, whether they're half empty or half full kind of people, I do often wonder, I'd like to think they'll be half full people. You'd like to think. I'd like to think so, but yeah, as um, Graham says, let us know. I'll hold this up, and obviously I'm I'm pretty good at this now. I am holding up a bottle containing fluid, right? And it's about, I would say... That's about a third A third, third, yeah, but it's it's got a third, the bottom third. Now, I've been drinking out of this since we started. So, does that make it a third full? Yes. Or a third empty? It's a third full. Or two thirds empty? It's a third full. It's two thirds empty because I'm drinking no, out well, of it. Say, you no, it no, 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 no. You could say the bottle is still a third full. It is still a third full, yeah. Oh, see, and it's still well, got no, half no, a pint no, in it. Messes your theory up. No, it doesn't. It? It's still got half a pint in it. That's no, that's this has turned out like the thing. Sweeney podcast where Graham was very positive at the start, and at the end of it, he's destroyed. Yeah. But let us know, as Graham says on Twitter or Facebook, 
or email us. Um, or our new website that will be up and running this week at filmrealcast.co.uk, uh, yeah. which will be up and running shortly. I can't believe we've got a code yet. That sounds so professional. It does sound really good, doesn't it? It well, sounds we, like we, we, we think we know what we're doing. I know, we don't. We don't. But I'd like to know, or I'd like to think I know what I'm doing when I talk about my half full pint glass. But yeah, the film rail, film broadcast at gmail.com or Twitter or Facebook at the film broadcast and find us on Facebook. We are the only ones on there. And just let us know. I think it's pint glass is half full. James, you're with me. Absolutely. And uh, I'm factual. If it's filling up, it's half full. If you're drinking out of it, it's half empty. Why do you want? Because I moan all the time. That's why I've got such a negative attitude towards it, James. That's good. Okay. <laughs> That's good. Anyway, back to the film. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. I think we've got that's another tangent. By so. the way, we are reviewing a film in this podcast. I'm we are. Mind. Yeah. Exactly. As well as bank accounts, <laughs> pint glasses, pint glasses. Cups, yeah, everything. So um, you just lost total freaking track. Okay. So. John Travolta talks about this nine and a half billion in the bank that for Operation Swordfish, but the US government kept in there, and it's been an untouched source for now fourteen years. And he needs Hugh Jackman to steal this money, and he says, "Well, people can't go in banks and steal that money." He says, "No, we're going to do it over a phone line." So, which is quite nice because obviously it makes a change from like Point Break, where people are going into banks with shotguns and stuff like that to steal the money. I think for the for me this shows the advance in technology. Now we are in the two thousands well, when I mean, this was yeah, out. You look what they did with the Dark Knight when they took all the shares, uh, Wall Street or whatever, didn't they? Yeah, didn't but this was say. this was obviously two thousand and one. That yeah. it it goes to show the difference of now with regards to the internet computer hacking that was going on. That money can be taken from over the phone line, yeah. which they showed. And obviously nowadays that's kind of exaggerated onto the fact that. People are now taking like skimming devices in uh, cash machines and people's bank accounts and stuff like that. It's not just big corporations who are targeted. It's everyone now, isn't it? Really, if you're oh, yeah. unlucky. But then you look at like on, on the, your iPhone or, or other devices available, or you know your, your Android stuff. You can look at your bank account. I can send you money. You can send me money just via yeah. our phones these days. So yeah, yeah, it's really Absolutely. clever. So Hugh Jackman. Um, it starts hacking into the computer system. Uh, as I say, he uses lots of jargon, which means absolutely nothing to me. Uh, and then John Travolta then goes to speak to the senator and he finds out that he's being... Well, the senator finds out that John Travolta is now being watched by Don Cheadle. Because you see Don Cheadle taking photographs mm. of John Travolta, don't you? Yeah. He thinks, bang, I got him. That's the person we're after. That's Gabrielle. Or is it Gabriel Gabriel? Which one is Gabriel. it? Gabriel. Gabriel. So yeah. it's Gabriel. Um, Gabriel's that singer. It is. Dreams can come true. Yeah, that's the one. Um, <coughs> that was good, wasn't it? You thought that was a ringtone then. <laughs> I don't know what I thought it was. I really don't. See, that's my best voice then. I was quite proud of that. That's what I must sound like if I listen to a Walkman. And <laughs> a Walkman, that shows how old I am, doesn't it? <laughs> my Walkman if I listen to my iPod listen to that song that's what I must sound like and I must be sitting there thinking I sound really good but actually you want to listen to this and then you'll find out exactly how you yeah. oh no I've got a correct yeah. voice um, yeah so the senator finds out that he believes that Gabriel or Gabriel has been careless hasn't he 
So just James just pointed to his crotchal area uh, and he's going to the toilet. Okay, so I can't hold it anymore. I'm really busy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you get that in any other podcast, do you? No, just someone actually leaving the room while we're doing yeah. this. So anyway, we'll continue. It's a number one and it's uh, nine minutes past one in the morning. Um, so, yeah, as I was saying, he, he finds out that he's been um, taking photographs and that John Travolta's got quite sloppy and that he needs to speak to John Travolta. And he refers to putting a, uh, a dog down, doesn't he, that he's got... He, the Rottweiler. Yeah. He says if he bit his owner, that he yeah, can got Yeah, kill it. So he's, he's kind of given that... This is an analogy. Yeah, an analogy towards maybe it's now time to kill Gabriel because he's got a bit of out of control. Yeah. And, and it's not working for him. And it's that's when you realise... I mean, it may well slow on the uptake, but the senator's obviously involved in Operation mm. Swordfish as well, which was quite good because, again, I like the kind of conspiracy theories with regards to. Yeah, it adds, adds the again the whole deception kind of kind of thing, doesn't it? And it just adds another, not quite a tangent, and it's yeah. not you know, it's not something you've got to concentrate on the film, but it just adds that another layer for which it just gives you a bit more almost justification in why he's doing it. Yeah, and what did you think of? Uh, Hugh Jackman playing like a computer geek. Did that? Did you think that was kind of plausible? Did you have any yeah. thoughts on that? Yeah. That was absolutely fine. Yeah, I, I didn't think either way. No, no way, shape, or form. Yeah, yeah. It well, you know, he's now singing in Les Mis, so yeah, it does go to show yeah. how, how good uh, he is, really. No, it doesn't. I don't think it matters, especially in this film with the caliber of of actors that are in it mm. and the way that they do it. Doesn't you don't actually. They have the ability to make you believe that they are doing whatever they do on screen. Yeah. Which is obviously the whole point of being an actor. You've got to portray a character to the audience and the audience have got to believe that you can do that. And I think all of them in general portray that kind of, yes, we can do it. And like John Travolta and mm-hmm. everybody really is like very much like, yes, because they've already... They've already given you that, um, and that was that was two eleven minutes. minutes past two yeah, minutes. Yeah, have you washed your hands? Yeah. Was that one or two? Yeah, no, it was number one. Oh, good stuff. Excellent. It's because I drank all that massive live bottle of drink, and I didn't. I, you don't I, have to explain yourself on the podcast why you it's need to go for a I, mean, I normally have a panic wee wee before the podcast, but I didn't obviously, and I learned my lesson now. So. <laughs> always, okay. always, and ladies and always have a try. Always have a try before you go anywhere. <laughs> always have a try. <laughs> you were just talking about the character of Hugh Jackman. But did you think he was believable or not believable playing a computer geek? Yeah. Or did it not affect you at all? Didn't affect me at all. No. And we were saying that apart from we slagged you off when you're out of the room, which we'll do anyway, but we some well, more or less do it to your face. We were saying I think it's because of the high quality of actor he is and the other actors that are in that film. I think the script helped as well, as well as the Oh yeah, yeah script and writing. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone got a lot of equal film time as well, didn't they? There wasn't like a there was obviously the lead actor, but Halle Berry's in it, like Don Cheadle was in it, um, Hugh Jackman was in it. They were in it. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, and for a film that's just over the one and a half hour mark, it's quite impressive. Yeah, I, I, exactly. I think it, that's really good. So he hacks into the computer, then he, um, you see the montage of computer hacking, which is the first that I've seen. It might have been one in computer games. Uh, no, war games with uh, Ferris Bueller, matey boy, Matthew Broderick. That's it. And Jack, Hugh Jackman finds a kind of a, a double of John Travolta frozen in the, the cellar, doesn't he? What did yes. you think when you saw that? 
I kind of thought face off. Well, I thought I thought someone had killed him initially. I I, I don't know what he was, but I kind of thought, well, how, how's this going to work? Is this like Mission Impossible kind of face off, kind of like a little bit weird, kind mm. of like, oh, hold on a minute, who is that person? And have they? Is that the real person? And has Travolta been transformed into him, yeah. or is that a mock-up for something else? A, is that a prop almost? Mm. You know, you're kind of like, oh, this is a little bit confusing here. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was just a little bit. I thought it was really good to have John Travolta's double, obviously dead, frozen in, in the cellar. When I first watched it, I, I didn't expect that. At all, I, I expected to have like I don't know, like a couple of policemen or a senator or some big character down there. I didn't expect it to be someone who is still living. Is still living, and how the fuck is this going to work? And it was a real kind of curveball. I mean, I don't know whether that got you interested, James, or whether you just no, you, was, right. you was you were so cool, aren't you? You just thought it was alright. You are so cool. You really are. Have you got any Graham facts today? Uh, I, I did because I looked at them but I've forgotten them now um, Graham once punched the ground and Google Maps had to re- I don't know no, I don't know um, I'm, I'm disappointed I'm disappointed you had, you had a good one earlier yeah a really good I mean, one it doesn't sound as good as I say it no like Graham's autocorrection on his phone refuses to correct that's it that's the one that's the one yeah and what was the other one I completely, I'm completely forgotten now you put me on the spot two weeks in a row if you if you guys listen to episode 23 our Sweeney podcast bless him um, we do love him a lot James does try humour on two occasions <laughs> and we do try and encourage this, as you can. You, obviously, it's evident that I did try and set you up for a joke, didn't I? <laughs> this, is very, and, this is very, very true. And you failed, and I'm. I feel really guilty now that I'm kind of responsible for your failure. Your failure and don't, look, don't, looking don't. like a, a. Well, we'll give him a little while. Looking like a clown shoe on, yeah. But we'll, we'll carry on. When you get the confidence, we'll we'll let you kind of talk, okay? So, you see the John Travolta character and you think, what the fuck? And then you see, he bumps into John Travolta and he says, right, let's go for a drive. That's when they go in the TVR Tuscan, which... Oh, with a, with a custom, oh, custom fleck paint job as well. It's an amazing car. It really, really is an amazing car. Uh, I have got some facts on this car. Six TVR Tuscans were imported especially to be used as uh, Gabrielle's car. And I think... Think also, I'm probably going to get this wrong. I know nothing about cars whatsoever, um, but America, the USA, did not allow the car that Gabriel drove, the British-made TVR Tuscan. The car was not sold in the United States because of its emission levels. That, that's understandable, I suppose. So, it's a proper car and could go around corners, unlike most American cars that are only built for straight lines. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so it is a beautiful car. Even when you see these now, it is. Yeah. It's a head turner, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, right, right hand stuff. drive and uh, and geared yeah. stick shift for uh, American listeners. Uh, but yeah, but Hugh Jackman does get it in state. He can't. Uh, has, uh, have you found a joke? I've got one. Have you Graham once won a game of bingo with Pi? No, that's failed, really, hasn't it? I thought it was funny. Pi, you know, you put one, four, two. It's the thing you use to like. I am. Uh, I am more than aware what Pi is. Okay, um, but I'm just laughing at your failings. 
because it wasn't as funny as you kind of thought. In your mind, how funny was that joke in your mind? Really funny. That was going to be the peak of the podcast, but obviously it wasn't. Because your voice suddenly just went... Euphoria, and then it was just like... It was like Brian Blessed. Gordon's alive! I'll carry on talking. When, you, when you're confident you've got another one, okay. just interject. It's, it's, no, that's right. Keep, yeah. keep taking the piss out of me. I, I'm not. I'm supporting you. Um, I'm trying to get you to do it. This whole joke thing is a mock on me. <laughs> and actually, it's turned in the 20 so episodes, it's now turned into just bad luck, James. Earlier, you had two really good ones, didn't I, you? I can't find them, Stu, okay? <laughs> I can't find them. I had them there. We joked about them. But I thought, I'll remember that. And I was yeah. wrong. I know. <laughs> So he has a TBR Tuscan, and he um, he tells Jackman... Graham can... No. Go on. I'm going to get it wrong. I need to look at it. No, what is it? Um, Graham can finish the never-ending story. That was That it. was the one. Yeah. You said it slightly doubtful. And then that's just how yeah. ruined it. Yeah. Graham can finish the never-ending story? Okay. <laughs> Carry on. Yeah. So he tells um, Hugh Jackman, he takes... Other people's appearance and has plastic surgery, um, which for me wasn't really that tropey. I mean, it fit him with a story. And that it's all about an illusion. He speaks about Houdini, doesn't he? Mm. That a lot of the tricks he had, it was about the illusion and, and letting people's mind believe this is actually what happened, which plays a, a major part in the, the end of this film. And again, then the... There's a car chase there. And when I first watched this, it was only last night when I watched it again, that I didn't realise, I didn't know the, the two or the three cars, like the SUVs that are chasing him, who was in them and who was after him and who was trying to kill him. What are you laughing? Have you got one, Jay? No. Okay. So, um, <laughs> I'm trying to support you in comedy, you know. So, who did you think was trying to kill him? I, I got confused at this point. So I was like, well... Who's chasing him? And I kind of thought it was... Who do you think it was? You know, like the CIA, FBI... That it was. The it senator was. sent these people to try and yeah, kill... I, I, I didn't realise that. No, I thought it was like CIA, FBI, whoever, were trying to kill him. Yeah. I didn't realise that it was just some... randomness. Yeah, it was like... basically what it was. And I was like, hold on. And it, like a mercenary yeah. sent by the senator to take... John Travolta, who did you think was going to do it? I had no idea until we got to the senator scene, and then it all clicked. I didn't know. So it didn't click last night? I thought it was the police. So it only clicked when he, he actually went to... Uh, so the senator said, you right. try to get me, and I thought, oh yeah, okay, yeah. fair enough. Because that, that's quite a good car chase, isn't it? It was, but it was a bit confusing who was fighting. Was it the police? I assumed initially it was something to do with the police, like just undercover I, I really, yeah, I didn't know. It was only last night, having the luxury of hindsight for once which was a bonus, normally it kicks you in the bleeding nuts, doesn't it? That I knew who it was. Cause I wouldn't next, know about that. The next scene he came yeah. I don't have nuts. Because <laughs> no. I, I figured something was coming my way. I don't have nuts. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. I'm trying to, I really want to get behind you to, for you to do a nice game. Yeah, absolutely. That's have you good. found it yet? Or no, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to, no, no, no. No? No. Okay. No. Is that a definite no? No. As, as I say, if you've got a funny joke, tweet us, Facebook, Email us, um, thefilmrealcast at gmail.com. Something funny that James can say, and then James will only look at it, he'll pick it up, and then he'll say it next week. And if 
if it works, then brilliant. He'd be back in the game, yeah? Good man. So, the next seed, John Travolta goes to Oregon, and he meets the senator who's fishing, and he basically tells him, I can't believe that you tried to kill me, you've chosen your side. And uh, it's... Uh, and at the same time, the senator's his son. Not his son, he's a number two man that gets killed as well, blown up in the car. Uh, yes, yeah. Was that so, his son? No, 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 it was just his son. It was just, it was just, it was just his son. I didn't understand. I thought it was his son. That just confused wrong. me. Why is that? Because I didn't make the link. Yes, I did. It was fine. I've now made it. What link? What eureka moment have you just had? The link between the centre and that bloke that gets blown up in the car. Yeah, that's it? his aid, isn't it? I thought it was his assistant. No, it was his... He's, he's, he's like... A, okay. His copper, almost. It was his assistant, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. And I was just some member of the... Secret. Yeah, they both got killed at the same time, and he says that basically he's it's called treason, isn't it? I mean, and you learn that Thomas Jefferson shot someone on the White House lawn. Yeah, he refers to that a few times. He does. He? Yeah, yeah, and it's like, well, you're not on the White House lawn, and you're not in the 1800s. So again, but yeah, a little bit loopy. So, and Jackman meets. Um, it's really confusing. Rather than writing his character name down as um, Gabriel Shear, I wrote JT down. And every time I look at it, I think John Terry, who's a footballer in England who I absolutely hate. And I think Jackman meets John Terry, who explains that he's a patriot. I think, no, nah, it doesn't sound right. So, and that's when he explains that about the Black Cell organisation, but he says it's his people's right for freedom against the terrorist states who are trying to put foot on America or set foot on America, mm. doesn't he? And that he wants the money, the nine and a half billion, for that reason. And Hugh Jackman just says, well, you're a terrorist and you're a bleeding nutcase. And again, I don't think... I mean, you can understand when they start talking about things like that with regards to terrorism entering the United States and obviously the... Yeah, it's the a little bit closer. Yeah, a little bit closer to home for the old... Um, that was. You yeah, can understand but... why he got pulled six times at the cinema and uh, that it could carry on. But So you realise that... He's, he says he's a patriot, doesn't he? Yes, he does. And that's it. So, um, and then after that scene, it then goes to the current day from where the film started. So it just goes in a whole Actually, loop, it? it does show, you missed a bit, Go that, um, them getting ready for the, for the, to seize the bank and the realisation from uh, Jackman's character that they're actually going to be going into the bank. And, and not, it's not just by wire they're actually going to go and rob a bank but before we get um, to that scene doesn't Hugh Jackman realise about his daughter well that's that's well. the bit that yeah. kind of confused no, no, me a bit he, no because when he they, he goes in and he sees the the um, massive hummers getting kitted out the the bus getting kitted out um, and then he then realises that actually it's not just a virtual yeah. kind of in by the wire. They're actually going in by. Um, they're going to raid the bank. So he then pulls the plug. The lights go off, and he does a runner. And then John Travolta's character turns around and says, "He'll be back." And then he goes, "Right, let's get ready." And they off they go. And then it then cuts to the scene of him going to Jackman. Then goes to his um, estranged wife's house and goes through the house, sees the door open, goes in. Hello, shouts, screams, and then he, he goes through the house, and as he goes through the house, he finds that his ex-wife is dead, and um, his and her new husband is dead, yeah. and he can't find his little girl. 
And then that's when he reaches in his back pocket. And this is where I got a bit confused. But again, a Yuki moment is coming. And then pulls out a card given to him. Yeah, by um, Agent Roberts. Who's yeah. Don Cheadle, yeah. And then, and then that's when he's like, ah. But then I don't know how he gets got in, the bank. in the bank. No, that's, that's what I've got written down. That's yeah. the confusion bit. Is I know, and then I, I've got the link of his daughter. Because obviously, um, go to his, to his part, uh, ex-wife's house and kidnap his daughter. And so kill, I can understand how his, yeah, I can understand how his daughter gets in the bank, but how does Jackman get in the bank? Is it, he gets, he rings up and then gets put there and they yeah. say, no, just go, go along with it and go there. Or does he go back with his tail between his legs? Yeah, um, I, I didn't know whether that was a flashback for convenience sake or, or what the time difference there was. That was the only part in the film where yeah. And I made a note of that, that I was really confused that um, it didn't show Jackman got to the bank um, and was just a flashback before that to, for our benefit because they hadn't done that in the, the film previously, kind of, no. kind of wiped our asses really to explain what happened. Yeah, it's just, it's a, just, it's just that small little fact of like, how did he get there. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and also, obviously, they, I know that they went into the bank, but if they went into the bank, you would get SWAT you would get the police, you wouldn't get Don Cheadle's character and his department. No. Like yeah. they were, you know, you know, fraud investigators not going to turn up to a bank job when it's an armed robbery. So you kind of go, well, how did he get there and how did they end up sitting down together in that coffee shop? Yeah. Right. And then, so you're wondering, is who's where and who's doing what? And it's a little bit confusing at that point. Yeah. That was the only thing. I mean, that'd be another half mark off you, will it? No. No, good stuff, good stuff. So whilst in the bank, Jackman finds out that um, Holly, his daughter, has been kidnapped. Um, so he agrees to hack in um, using that programme that he was using uh, John Travolta's house beforehand with the, the seven boxes and all the other cobblers that he did that I didn't understand. Um, so, and you kind of, in a way, I, I kind of, I still like John Travolta's character um, Gabriel, because he agreed to hack into the computer system, and he will let a daughter, let him and his daughter yeah. go. So he hacks into the computer system. The transfer goes through, and then he gets confirmation it's gone through, and he is happy to let yeah. his, him and his daughter go. It's only the fact that he's he, got the hostages that that stops him. Yeah, I mean, despite the psychopath he is, he does have this code of ethics, this degree of integrity. That a lot of bad people probably don't. Yeah, because he's done what he wanted to do. Yeah. And as you say, he could have just done it and just killed... He's shown he is a bloody ruthless killer. That He could have just let them go, or could have just killed them after what he'd done. So uh, and when that lady explodes at the start of it, he says, that one's on you. I warned you, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, his dad's got nothing to do with me. He kind of distances himself from the killing. Yeah, he? so and I kind of I like that side of John Travolta, even though he, obviously, he is a, a terrorist himself, really. Um... So his daughter escapes, but Hugh Jackman gets captured trying to leave the bank. Because the uh, funds suddenly disappear. Yeah. They go down to zero again, yeah. That's it, yeah. Because he's done this computer program where the funds jump from different bank accounts to bank accounts and only he will know where they go to. Yeah, and they change every... Minute, 60 seconds. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Um, so Jackman says he's got to let all the hostages go or he'll never see the money again. Um, and that's as you were saying, Jay, that the money all bounced from one account to another throughout the world. 
So then John Travolta, again, I quite enjoyed this bit and, and I like seeing it in hindsight. Cause I like seeing it again and again because the way it plays out, I, I kind of even I appreciated it even more. That John Travolta then takes um, Ginger Halle Berry's character yeah. and just hangs her mm. in the bank for everyone to see. It says, right, if you don't do it, she's going to be dead. And it's a very similar situation to the when he was getting a blowjob in the club. Well, he said he thinks she'll last 60 seconds, doesn't he? He actually said yeah. those words. So, and he actually transfers all the money. They get, do get confirmation, and he lets her down, and then he just shoots her, doesn't he? Yeah, which is a bit strange, because he's already let... He was going to let the little girl and Jackman's character go. But he says, don't worry, she was DEA anyway. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, hold... All right, well... It's a little bit weird. Drops to the floor and then you get shot. So he's already shown his compassion, but then goes and then his complete disregard for the law. But then, yeah, because yeah. later, no, the reason why it does that, we find out later on, is because it's because um, Hugh Jackman's character says she got shot, she's dead. Uh, they don't know where the body is, but I think everyone assumes she's dead because she looks yeah. like. Cause, cause and he uses the excuse that he says she was a DEA agent, so yeah. right, she's double crossed anyway. And I gotta admit, the first time I watched that, I thought there's no blood. So yeah, I did think and there's that no as well. bullet in the head, and surely you would have done a bullet in the head. Yeah, but yeah, but because uh, the guy in the fridge, the freezer, he had a bullet hole in his head. So I and I just naturally assumed he would have done that. So I was kind of and it was Halle Berry as well. But is she dead? Well, she wasn't really. I, I really don't know. But no, but when you watch it the first time, you. You think he's hanging her, so but he obviously knows that Hugh Jackman is capable and gonna, due to his compassion, hack into this and transfer yeah, the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he shoots Halle Berry and he leaves, um, and he puts all the hostages on this bus, which I thought led to another great scene. Um, and Vinnie Jones again just does that look, doesn't he, when he's putting that bazooka in the case? He looks at Hugh Jackman and starts talking about. I'll shove one of these rockets up your ass. Yeah. I kind of thought, why you're did gonna you beg give... for that? You're going to beg for that foot. It's like, hold on, you're, yeah. just, you're just being a hard man just for the sake yeah. of being... Why did you give him a speaking part? Yeah. <laughs> As really... Graham said, henchman only, no speaking. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's just going, yeah, henchman number one. It's just like, why did you need, why does he need to take such extreme, you know, I'm going to shove this like RPG so yeah. far up your ass that you're going to beg for this bullet? They really didn't need to give him a, a, a talking part because he's just... No. He is bloody awful. He really is. So I've got a fact. Um, Everyone loves facts. Yeah, it says the scene uh, which is a school bus or where the school bus is swung was actually shot by hiring a group of people to sit in the bus in front of a blue screen while they swung um, from a crane. According to the stunt coordinators, the same effects could be portrayed um, for half that cost. So that's what they say. It means nothing to me, but it means nothing to me. Um, I'm quite musical. Tonight. I know. Yeah, I was just thinking. Now. I was thinking, what songs are going to be next? I know. But when you think it's half past one in the morning, I do feel quite yeah, jolly. Yeah, very sprightly. I was, I'm struggling to It's away. so sad. I know. It's great, isn't I it? I know. Yes, but I've done some. Oh, I haven't done funny jokes, but I haven't tried any funny jokes and fell flat on my face. Have you got a funny joke? So, the, the hostages are in the bus. <laughs> right? and, uh, what did you think about the bus scene? I thought it was a little bit speed and a little bit far-fetched, to be brutally honest. I can, I can see the transport helicopter coming in and picking, it, picking up the It was original, bus. though, at the time, wasn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, definitely. But I can, I can imagine that. Yeah, that's fine. And then it got unbelievable 
when they then went through the middle of what I'm gonna guess is Los Angeles, and it was kind of like, and then they went, oh, it's a little bit windy than we thought it was. Crash into a building. Right. Okay. And, and, the, and the pilot just I like instead of just going up, up and away, the pilot continued to do the stupid stuff that you were thinking. Yeah. To make it more realistic, would it, you know? He's already had a close shave once. He's not going to get too close to a building. He would have just gone up and away, but or just gone down and dropped it. Yeah. But it didn't. And that's the thing that, you know, it didn't really yeah. need to bash into, you know, didn't really need to yeah. crash into a building. Because people haven't seen it, the bus is being, uh, he says that he wants a plane, doesn't he? John Travolta's character, so to go to Williams Airport. So they, they go there and they're followed by four million police cars there who set up roadblocks to divert them to the airport. The bus then crashes through a roadblock. It does. And from the roof of the bus, they lift these kind of tiles up and you realise the bus reinforced with iron girders which is helicopter then comes down and hooks the, the, the like a yellow school bus up in the air and attempts to fly it through um, Los Angeles, which the guy fails to do so due to wind that he blames it on. And hits a building. And then one of the straps breaks. Uh, thankfully, Vinnie Jones' character's gone now. That's oh, it. with some guy he intimidated earlier. But what I did enjoy was um, when the people were falling out of the bus... They were exploding, weren't they? Yeah, because the, 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 their proximity collars yeah. that they were wearing, they would activate, yeah, and obviously you're going you're gonna to fall. Yeah. I did think that was a little bit unfair on the other people around them, though. Yeah, well, I thought it was quite entertaining that they actually stuck to that law that these people did the continuity, these people yeah. actually did fall out of the bus and explode, which is probably a better death rather than falling so many thousands of feet smashed into the ground. I don't know. If I had to go one way or the other, I would go... I'd rather be blown to I'd rather be blown up, yeah. What about you, James? Yeah. Yeah. Good man. Excellent. So it ends on top of the building. Um, they parked the bus on top of the building anyway. They did. It, it reminded me of a, you know, kind of um, Italian job moment with the bus balancing on the edge. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was kind of well, like... Yeah, it's kind of balanced on the edge, really. It was right, fine. Yeah, it was. In the yeah, end, it was fine. Uh, the, the weird thing is... John Travolta's plan is almost perfect, and this is the only thing that you could think a bit of lack of foresight that kind of goes wrong when you think, yeah, it didn't quite fit for me the whole bus thing. Well, because because he's, he's such a perfectionist, he's he's obviously planned this down to a T, and then they got this where so many mistakes are possible. But um, I think we can forgive it. So the, the bus lands on top of him. He says to John Travolta, we would have worked good together. He's still not pissed with him, is he? No. Um, and then the helicopter flies away and Don Cheadle's character comes up on the roof of the building. Um, Hugh Jackman picks up this rocket launcher that he finds and... Somehow knows how to blow it up. Yeah, exactly. He fires at the helicopter. The helicopter then blows up and you think, bang, he's dead. So, and you think that's it, the film's ending, it's got nowhere, no other direction to go in. However, in the next goes to the scene in the morgue where Don Cheadle and John Travolta's character there has to ID the body. And they look at it and it's a partially charred body with John Travolta, um, what he looks like. And then, this was another bit, I mean, but it is true because I've been in this kind of same situation where once you, the longer it is you play a scene back, more comes to to life and you could do remember more and it turns out that through the flashback from uh, Hugh Jackman 
that he remembers a figure going down the stairs, which is the illusion which we were talking mm. about earlier, that John Travolta's character then ran down the stairs, the helicopter took off, obviously got blown up, and the guy in the freezer is the guy whose body yes. is in front of them, which matches the dental records, and you're then told that Ginger Knowles isn't known to the DEA. Um, he knows couldn't that, find her dead body either. Yeah, couldn't find her body. And then he goes to Monte Carlo with uh, Halle Berry. With long hair this time. Long it's hair, delicious. yeah, using the account, uh, password on the account, which is Swordfish, transferring all the money out, and then meets John Travolta, who's got like, blonde highlights on a speedboat. Well, uh, blonde or grey, to me. With no pupils hair. either, he had contact in there. Yeah, it's really strange, wasn't it? But I suppose he, he has to kind of take someone else's character, doesn't he, all the time? And have plastic yeah, surgery. That's, yeah, he was good, yeah. I mean, I even his face looked uh, slightly different, didn't it? Yeah, but I, yeah. I kind of, before even the flashback from Hugh Jackman's character, I, you know, not blowing my own trumpet on him, but I'd seen the stairwell, so I kind of guessed what was going to well, happen. You guessed next. that, did you? Oh, so yeah. So when I first watched it, I never guessed that. I really didn't. So uh, I'm the only person to finish a never ending story. You, you are, you're clever because I didn't guess that. Thank you. Um, you're so, so and that, that's the end of the film. So, um, thoughts on the film, good or bad? I'll start with James as he escaped for two minutes and did I, I really enjoyed the film. Uh, uh, do I give it a 3.5 or a 4? This is the thing, mate. Um, I think I'm going to give it a 3.5. I knew you'd go 3.5. Did you? Yeah. Or 4. Because well, you said earlier that. You probably you place the film quite high, and as we go through every review, when we point things out in your mind, you get upset, so it knocks a point off for you. Or it probably, half probably a does. Point. It probably, I think yeah. you know, having it at three point five. However, it becomes I recommend this film to pretty much anyone that like that that because it's a it's essentially a thriller with with bits of action in. Yes, um, and to me, I mean, this is a, a strongly recommend to what you know. I'm going to give it for only because. I enjoyed it, and it's a popcorn film, and it's one of those films again that if it came around next month, I'd quite happily watch again. Yes. Yeah. It's not the best film. It's not going to win an Oscar. It's not going to win any awards. It does exactly what it says on the tin, uh, in terms of you know from the first from the first in onwards, there are a few mistakes, but the, the, I really, really, I just re- I, I enjoyed it. It's a mm. border, borderline guilty pleasure, but a, a film that does very well. So when you say guilty pleasure, you think it's going to be a crap film, but you like watching it. Mm. It's a bit more than that. Yeah, so for me, it's getting a four. Good man. I'm, I'll probably agree with a four, actually. Wow. I, I, would, I would agree with a four. Um, I thought the cast was amazing, obviously. Um, and it is easy watching. It doesn't take a lot to think about, really. A bit like Sweeney. It doesn't take a lot <laughs> to think about. But, um, yeah, so I'd, I'd, say, I'd say four. I, I'd watch it again. I'd recommend it. I, I bought it off iTunes. You bought it? Yeah, I did, yeah. Seven and you didn't, you didn't regret it? 15, yeah. I thought, oh, am I going to regret this? You know, is it going to do a Django Unchained on me? And I'm gonna I bought that, and yeah, I'm I, still a bit yeah, bitter. I'm never going to watch it again. But um, no, I, I think it's it's an hour and a half of easy watching. Um, it's not I, just a boys film, either, no, is it? I didn't... What's your best bit for me was probably the whole deception plot. Um, you know, right at the end when it all cut, yeah, that's yeah, that that kept me interested, and you know, the little bits, and you know, some of the you know, making the mind believe, you know, mm. what, what people want it to, and stuff. I found that really interesting. That type of thing does it for me. Um, 
and the only sequence, probably the worst bit was probably the helicopter bit for me. Mm. But yeah, I just thought it's just generally just a a really mm. good film. Yeah, best bit deception bit for me as well because I forgot. I forgot. It's good to have that. But, and and where you really see it all unravel. I think the worst bit. I love him. It could be Vinnie Jones because I think he's one of the few constant things in the film that kind of almost take you out of it, just a tiny bit. Yeah. Um, he does. He does good. He does good in his role. He's probably you know direct. He's done exactly what he's been told. I'd imagine. Mm. But it's a bit like if you had to pick an odd one out, you might want to take him out of the film. I think he maybe does more harm than good, and just yeah. That's just me. Gee, no, I I have to say I just echo what you say that. Um, I'll give the film a four because I watched watched the film obviously. Um, twice in about three days and I really enjoyed both times watching it I found it really entertaining um, especially I hadn't seen it for so long and I don't think it's dated it hasn't suffered in the 13 years at all from special effects no. or through the storyline it hasn't um, things aren't really old fashioned then there's not too much technology in it no. and some of the technology in it is unknown um, it's kind of not been proved or disproved that it makes the film outdated so uh I thought it was a good film. I'll give it a four. The best bit, as you say, is the plot twist at the end. Um, and, and I think the story all the way through is a really very interesting story that keeps you invested and interested through it. And I think the casting, the writing, everything is really, really good. The worst part, as you say, I think is Vinnie Jones. I don't know if it comes from a, a British point of view that we know who he is and we kind of think, oh, what a ball ache. They could have used someone else. Um, but... But no, I, I just thought it was a good film. I'd recommend it to anyone. So uh, yeah, it's really good, really good film. There you go. Shout, shout out! So I've got, I've got, I've got the Facebook one. Go ready, everyone. Yeah, uh, Matt Leg on, on on Facebook. One of one of our uh, esteemed followers. Esteemed followers. He's put obviously. He he said one of the uh, one of the most underrated movies uh, of the early noughties. He he still remembers uh, obviously watching it, thinking uh, thinking initially he bought some kind of pirate copy because of the way obviously the uh, yeah. the, the the logo the Warner Brothers logo comes comes on. But I think that's that's a good point for him. I think it is when you look at it. It wasn't really that it wasn't that amazing. People weren't talking about it that much when it came out. And, no. I, and I think it is an underrated movie, which a lot of people haven't seen that they should. Yeah, yeah. No, I completely agree. Um, on Twitter, obviously. If you follow us on Twitter and you post anything, chances are it'll be me who tweets you back, because I'm a sad man like that. No, you're but, a king of tweets. But one of our friends, R.D. Hale, he's an author, his um, Twitter name is um, SkyCity underscore Rise. Um, I've been speaking to, a, speaking to this guy quite a lot lately. If you go to his Twitter site, um, it'll then take you to a link on Amazon, um, he's an author of chart-topping books such as a biopunk um, novel, Sky City, The Rise of an Orphan, and they're all available to be purchased on Amazon. So, uh, do you know if that's? I don't know. Is that is that actual books, or can you get that on the Kindle? I'd imagine you can get those on the Kindle. Oh, fantastic! Um, and I had a look on the Kindle. I mean, I was fortunate enough just to read a, a few pages of them, and I'd say I, they're very enjoyable. So, I'd recommend anyone to go for. Go and purchase those books on Amazon. And obviously Rufus Mayer as well. His um, Twitter name is Dunky Dunker, which I quite like that. Um, 
again, he's a blogger and uh, he's a bookseller. You can see him on go to Amazon and he's got a Kindle store as well, um, rufusmayer.com. So uh, go on Twitter, at DunkyDunker. And uh, find him on Twitter, then it will take a, a link on his profile. And again, um, really nice guy to speak to as well. So it's all about supporting everyone else and uh, helping everyone. So the next film, what are you going to do? Well, it, come, come up to Halloween. Come, we might even see one at Comic-Con. Wouldn't surprise me. Yes. It's obviously the uh, late 1970s flick, uh, Alien. What a cast. What, what an exciting cast we've got there as well. And it's going to be really interesting to see how much that film holds up. Obviously, we've got the type MS-DOS type CRT computers in there and stuff. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. We, it's, I think, our first proper science fiction film. Probably not our first horror. Definitely our first science fiction film we reviewed. We're doing Alien. Then after that, obviously, Aliens. We're going to forget the rest. They're, they're, they're the two best. Two very different films. Ridley Scott does this. This guy's this guy's a this guy's an artist, I think, um, and, and this is one of the one of the films that really really put him put him in the spotlight. Um, so it's got Sigourney Weaver, John Hurt. Is there who else is in it? It's... I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. Um, a lot a lot of them. It's got um, the main character, the, the, the captain with the beard. is quite well known as well. I forgot his name. Wait there. So well known that James can't even think of it. It's James's choices over the next over the next couple of podcasts are uh, Alien. Have you seen Alien? I have. Alien. No. Which one have you seen? Uh, I there think was one with Winona Ryder in, wasn't there? I think I've seen that Half was... of Alien, and that was about it, really. So, Tom Skerritt, that's the one, of course. Tom yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in pretty much blind on these ones, I think. Yeah, um, and we've also got Ian Holmes. I don't know, that doesn't mean anything um, to me, I'm afraid. Bill Boy Baggins in Lord of the Rings. Okay, blimey. But yes, that's right, I remember his character in there now. I mean, this film was a massive film. I remember when I was younger watching this when I shouldn't have watched it. And uh, it just blew me away. It was scared the hell out of me. It really did. Have you, have you seen this? All of it? I haven't seen it. No, no, no. So I'll be, I'll be going in, going in fresh. I predict you'll like Aliens probably a lot more. Because that's definitely. I did like Predator. I watched Aliens again the other day, and I thought that's a great film. When it once the credits. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, that's a great thing. Yeah, so Aliens. next Saturday, on the twenty fifth. We've got London Comic Con. We are on a boys' day out to Comic Con. Yeah. Do you think Nim will turn up at the right place? I think Nim will go to Birmingham and he'll go to some sewing expedition. And he'll say, it was alright, but I didn't see Wonder Woman. Yeah, some, some comment like that. The only thing I'm hoping is that they have a bar there. Exactly. The same I'm, 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 I'm hoping that they do actually. They probably will that bring about twenty pound because that's how much one pint. I, I, I don't care. As long as I mean, you've got Daniel Radcliffe there. You've got the Power Rangers who are turning up there. You've got quite a lot of people. I must admit, I haven't heard the series from there from, but they've got lots of stars. You've got The Strain, which is a uh, US um, drama about. Well, it's quite interesting actually. It's quite relevant now. With some disease that's uh, loose in America. Um, I've started watching that. I think they're episode three now, and he's there as well, the star of that. So there's some quite big names going there as well. Some Absolutely. artists so as well. So that'll be, be good. Very interesting. And in, in movie news, uh, Dad's Army has uh, had its as its first read through with a, a rather phenomenal cast. I must say, Catherine Zeta Jones, Bill Nye. Dad's Nine. Army. Dad's Army. They're making a Dad's Army movie. What the 1970s? Yeah, British sitcom based around uh, the Home Guard. Even some that could be interesting. Yeah, but um, the the cast is really good, and it, and it's looking looking pretty alright. So uh, like last week when I mentioned the Friends, 
movie out in 2015. This will be out probably about the same time, 2015. And our website, so you and our, our website, website, yeah. Um, we have now, well, when it's uh, published. By the time you listen to this, probably which sometime is... this sometime this week is um, www.thefilmrealcast.co.uk. Got our own official domain name on there. You have got to contact us. Got a homepage of all our uh, all our bits and bobs, details, links to uh, various um, our various other podcasts. Um, back catalogue and also uh, a link to uh, our trip to Comic Con as well to the Comic Con website um, and a few other bits and bobs on there as well where they contact us uh, and stuff um, it's uh, going to be interesting Good. so uh, if anyone goes on it uh, let us know on Twitter uh, again it's got a Twitter link on there Facebook link on there so it's all self-explanatory that's filmmealcast.co.uk it'll be the first search on Google as well yeah so that's, um, I'll have a good night for me I'm sick of my own voice now <laughs> it's good night again thanks everyone for downloading um, we really appreciate it it's great stuff yeah, check us out on the Twitter at the Film Realcast um, oh, we're also, on Stitcher as well we're on, we're on Stitcher iTunes the Film Realcast as well also um, the uh, the Facebook like us on the Film Realcast and the Film Realcast at gmail is it dot com uh, the Film Realcast at gmail dot com fantastic fantastic goodbye from me you know the problem with Hollywood is they make shit. Unbelievable, unremarkable shit. Now, I'm not some grungy wannabe filmmaker that's searching for existentialism through a haze of bong smoke or something. No, it's easy to pick apart bad acting, short-sighted directing, and a purely moronic stringing together of words that many of the studios term as prose. No, I'm talking about the lack of realism. Realism. Not a pervasive element in today's modern American cinematic vision. Take Dog Day Afternoon, for example. Arguably Pacino's best work, short of Scarface and Godfather Part One, of course. Masterpiece of directing, easily Lamette's best. The cinematography, the acting, the screenplay, all top notch, but. They didn't push the envelope. Now, what if in Dog Day? Sonny wanted to get away with it. Really wanted to get away with it. What if... Now, this is the tricky part. What if he started killing hostages right away? No mercy, no quarter. Meet our demands are the pretty blonde and the bell bottoms gets it in the back of the head. Bam, splat. What, still no bus? Come on. How many innocent victims splattered across a window would it take to have the city reverse its policy on hostage situations? And this is 1976. There's no CNN. There's no CNBC, there's no, there's no internet. Now fast forward to today, present time, same situation. How quickly would the modern media make a frenzy over this? In a matter of hours, it would be the, the biggest story from Boston to Budapest. 10 hostages died. 20, 30, relentless, bam, bim, one after another. All caught in high def, computer enhanced, color corrected. You practically taste the brain matter. All for what? A bus? A plane? A couple of million dollars that's federally insured? I don't think so, but just a thought. I mean, it's not within the realm of conventional cinema, but what if? Well, there's a problem with that movie. Really? It wouldn't work. How come?
Audiences love happy endings. Pacino escapes with the money. Boyfriend gets a sex change. Live happily ever after. No? No. Ah, homophobia. Bad guy can't win. It's a morality tale. One way or the other, he's got to go down. Hmm. Well, life is stranger than fiction sometimes. You know, guys, <clears throat> I gotta go. Got a jet. Thanks for the coffee.